Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. One of the reasons why critical thinking is so important is because without a set of standards of reason and logic, an objective set of rules, which are inherent in logic, then the mind tends to have whatever beliefs it has and then cherry pick from its experience to validate what it already believes. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This series on how you've been conditioned to think unclearly comes from a course that I started last year called Clear Thinking. My goal with both the course and this series is to show you how to wake up to reality and begin to understand how your mind works and how it doesn't work so well. This series begins by examining the tension between objectivity and subjectivity that occurs as a result of both the nature of the human brain and cultural conditioning. Your mind is constantly filtering its experience and inherently subjective activity to validate what it already thinks is true, an assertion of objectivity. This results in, predictably, a positive feedback loop of, well, delusion. So how do we get around that? The answer to that question is the core of our discussion on today's episode. As an added note, we start this episode by talking about managing with inquiry. If you aren't familiar with this concept from before or you need to brush up, you can head back to episode 236 for a crash course on what I mean by managing with inquiry. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks. I offer weekly member webcasts, online courses, and mentorship at clearandopen.com because it's my truth that with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open the podcast app, view the full description of this episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. Thanks so much for listening. Let's start the show. Okay. Nice to see a good crowd today. We're going to have some fun. At least what I think is really fun. Uh, I want to make space for digestions and questions for five or ten minutes max. I had a fascinating observation. Uh, this is two days ago. Uh, so I'm, I'm just driving, and my uh, family's in the car. We're going somewhere, and can't where. And there's somebody just riding right on my ass. Like we're talking like ten feet behind me. Uh-huh. And normally. I would go into aggressive, aggressive mode where I'm like, oh, really? You're doing that? All right. All right. I'm going to intentionally slow down or, you know, hit my brakes enough to back you off, back you off the plate. Like I've used the phrase, yeah, I'm going to back you off the plate multiple times in my past. 
right? <laughs> good. I love, it's a good use of sports metaphor. I like it. Right. Which is just idiotic. It's like, yeah, I'm risking the lives of my family. Right. <laughs> and others, idiotic, right? right. Could be a 10 pile up you could cause. Yeah. Right. Right. Because, because someone is driving overly aggressively and it was weird because it, it really brought me back to our conversation. Uh, I think it was two, two weeks ago where we, maybe three, even where we talked about you get what you bring into the situation. And I was at such peace. Like, I don't remember where we were going, but I was like, wow, that person behind me, they must really be in a hurry. So I, I didn't get aggro. I just pulled over. Like, I'm like, look for a safe spot to pull over. I immediately pulled over. They passed me and I immediately reentered traffic. Like, I didn't stop and wait. I'm like, oh, they're gone. The person looked in their rear view mirror and waved, like, thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was like, awesome. thanks. Awesome. Thanks. And, and he, you and were the, was like, you were the bigger man, took the higher road to almost make a pun. And it was weird. It was like, he was like, did they just thank us for getting out of his way? Like he was doing a total asshole thing. Like he was right, right on our ass. I'm he like, got yeah. out of the way of his delusion. I got out of the way. <laughs> he appreciated that and thanked me. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're welcome. I guess yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was a fascinating, I've never experienced that before. So it was like, huh. that's beautiful. Okay. That was new. It's beautiful, yeah. and it's more proof of your ongoing application of managing with inquiry. And I'm glad you brought that up because... <sighs> How do I explain this? I'm, we're going to talk about subjectivity and objectivity today. And the um, inquiry is very much a subjective process. It's about taking responsibility for your own take on reality uh, and releasing your sense of righteousness or judgment or whatever, all that judgment and righteousness and, and all that comes from the place in us that thinks we know what's absolutely true or what ought to be, which is another way of saying what's absolutely true. So inquiry is about relaxing the grip on one's uh, claim on absolute truth and seeing how it causes you suffering. And so I'm glad you brought that up because one of the concerns I have for this course because we're going to be sharpening the other edge of the blade in this one. This is going to, this is a course on objectivity. And so when I was thinking about like what course to do next, I kept, this one kept coming and I was like, but that's really weird to go from extreme subjectivity to extreme objectivity. Could that confuse people uh, or myself? Um, because I don't want to interrupt people's usages of inquiry. It's a beautiful and amazing and powerful practice. But what hit me just in the last 24 hours is that this is actually, while challenging, it's perfect. Because neither pure subjectivity nor pure objectivity are the truth. I'm going to be presenting, I may get to it today, what I call transjectivity, which is a balance of the two, where the truth usually lies. Because, for example, on one level, it's true that the person shouldn't be tailgating you. It's not safe, right? Now, you could say should is a strong word, but it definitely is true that you would prefer that not happen. It's easy to demonstrate that that causes accidents more often than not, right? There is an objective truth to it. What you worked with was your relationship to that objective truth and what you did with it. And these are really subtle but important distinctions. So 
I'm going to be making a case for objectivity today. And if it scrambles anyone's minds uh, based on how much we've been talking about subjectivity, uh, then uh, I can help. Just ask. <laughs> but thanks, thanks for that. Anyone else? I have a question. I, I haven't listened to... Uh, I missed the first class and I haven't listened to the full thing through yet. I only got about 15 minutes through. But did you define critical thinking in the first course, in the first class? And if so, I won't ask it here. And I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody remember? I think I may build up to that because okay. I don't have I don't have a definition of it uh, yet in my head, and uh, I, so I need to do this thing. When I do things like that, I usually look it up and then disagree with the definition and then improve on it, and that takes me like an hour or so. So I'll, I'll be building up to that. Okay. Before we define what it actually is, but thanks for asking that. And if I forget, keep asking me. Don't let me. Hold me to an objective standard on that. Boy, it's really hard to be uh, sometimes to be in objective critical thinking mode when what's going on in my meditation practice causes my mind to completely blank out about every 30 minutes or so. So I may occasionally ask you for help and say, if I say, what was I just talking about? It's not that I'm not focused. It's that uh, uh, my ego is dying. And that's one of the side effects occasionally of it. Usually it's not important, but sometimes it creates a little bit of anxiety in me. I'm like, oh crap, how am I going to function in the world if I, my mind turns off every 20 or 30 minutes? So I got involved in a Facebook debate recently. I, I posted some of it about uh, uh, the kernel of it on, on Slack and Greystone helped us all deconstruct it beautifully. Well done. And uh, it... You know, here's a great example of should I have done that, right? I have this rule of not engaging in Facebook debates, but occasionally I mess up and get hooked. And in this case, I got hooked because uh, the person who posted this thing is a potential new friend and colleague. And so I've been getting to know him. And and 99% of the time, actually, uh, prior to this, 100% of the time, I've really liked what he posts and what he says. But when he posted this, I had an issue. And so I want to talk about this as a jumping off point. I posted this in Slack already. It says, whatever your belief, you will find evidence to prove it true. So don't ask if you're right. Ask if your belief empowers you. One more time. Whatever your belief, you will find evidence to prove it true. Now, this is a fairly well-known idea. It has to do with... uh, the way the mind works, in particular the ego. And this is a really important thing about critical thinking. One of the reasons why critical thinking is so important is because without a set of standards of reason and logic, an objective set of rules, which are inherent in logic, then the mind tends to have whatever beliefs it has and then cherry pick from its experience to validate what it already believes. For example, have you noticed that only Christians see Jesus in rocks or fires or whatever? You don't see, you don't hear about Buddhists seeing Jesus in their baked potato, right? There's a reason for that. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible that that's actually happening, but it should raise your eyebrow to realize that it's like there's an a priori belief, a belief that's already there that causes people to see things a certain way, right? So, um, so what do you do about this fact is a really interesting question. Because if you get that your mind is constantly filtering its experience to validate what it already thinks is true, 
then you kind of have a problem, right? How do you get around that? And this is what deconditioning or healing issues are. Uh, you know, inquiry can do this. And one of the things that can do this is critical thinking, right? Critical thinking is a set of rules and logic and a set of fallacies that can help us look at the flaws in our thinking to offset this very dynamic. So this is a real thing. This, this, pre- this premise, uh, I agree with the caveat of you'll find evidence to prove it true unless you're really interested in reality and are willing to lose whatever your belief is in any moment, which you can do in practice. It's a one moment at a time kind of thing. But the corollary here is the issue. So it says, so don't ask if you're right. Ask if your belief empowers you. So what's being offered here is that because of the nature of the way the mind works, what's right or wrong is irrelevant. I cringe a little bit at just even saying that. What's right or wrong is unknowable and irrelevant. And your criterion, the lesser known singular form of criteria, your criterion for uh, what to operate with, what to do, how to behave, should be, does it empower you or not? And as we talked about in Slack, there are some ginormous problems with this, yes? Now, I have this naive idea that the problems of this are really obvious because more people have been killed in the name of God, which empowered them very much than anything else in the history of consciousness. Boom. Corollary destroyed. End of argument. You see, this is critical thinking. This is how critical thinking works. I see. So if the only criterion ought to be that it empowers you, then whatever feels empowering to that person is, can be their basis for morality. Hitler, for example, thought he was doing God's work, right? He was a devout Catholic. He wrote about it in Mein Kampf. Uh, the slaughter of between 30 and 50 million Native Americans was done in the name of manifest destiny because God willed it. Every genocide has always been an empowering move for the people doing the killing. So this is patently absurd. So in the Facebook thread, which because it raised my eyebrow that this potential uh, new friend of mine might be thinking this, And I was driven by some unconscious desire to not be disappointed and all that. I wrote, so that's more important than being true? Asked a question. I was trying to be very polite, inviting them to expand on it. Well, what ensued was a barrage of, you clearly have a need to be right. And, you know, what's your agenda here? And I don't think you really understand what this is about. But no one refuted the argument that I actually ended up making, which is what I just made. Like, well, empowerment is not always a good thing because that's, and the reason for this is because empowerment is too subjective a criterion, right? You might feel really empowered by running off the road, the person who's been tailgating you for 20 miles, right? You might be like, yeah, look at me. That'll show him. But when you sit in front of the judge, you're not going to feel so empowered by the consequences, are you? So this got my mind spinning. And uh, fortunately, I got some uh, good rewards for dealing with all the stress and the dogpiling on me. 
that that happened in this Facebook thread. And as well as a reminder, follow your rule. Don't try to engage in critical thinking debates on Facebook. It's not a venue for critical thinking, which is my own delusion. That's not what happens there. It's a venue for sometimes people pretending to do critical thinking, but it's that's not what it's about. So it got me thinking about subjectivity and objectivity. And so you can look at any religion, spirituality, philosophy, any system of thought through the lens of subjective versus objective. And I'll define those terms. Objective means, and it's, it's sort of a continuum. There's lots of places in between, but mostly it's on one side or the other. Objective, objective means there's a way things are. There's an objective reality. There is a right and wrong. There is abiding with or not. There is a sort of flow to life. There's truth. There are facts. There are immutable principles. You know, like one I would offer, for example, is life rewards hard work, right? That's a sort of immutable principle, I would say. You get what you put in. And all of the world's religions, interestingly, were created during a time where objectivism was the rule. Uh, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, sort of halfway between East and West, and all of the Eastern religions, the latest one was founded uh, in about 500 BC, which would have been Buddhism. I think maybe Confucianism was right after that. Hinduism goes back to 5000 BC. So that was all during a time where it was, you know, Forget the, 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 the paper around the, forget the wrapping paper around the ob- objectivism. Because the differences in the beliefs, okay, there's one God, no, there's many gods, and here are their names. Or no, there's no figurehead God, there's just spirit. Whatever the story is, it's all inside an objective frame. This is how it is. And if you want to live your life, you got to get with that program. And what, whatever that program is, however you should behave, the morality, the what's good and bad, that's all dependent on the nature of reality itself. You guys with me so far? Because just as a sort of side note, what I hope to accomplish today is to help you realize some of the stuff you learned in school is actually quite useful in ways they never told you. Because you know, we, we all we learn some of this stuff, and I'm going to be talking about the Protestant Reformation and Renaissance and stuff soon. And we learn this stuff, but we don't really learn what it actually means to us. And it's actually quite meaningful and useful if you know how to look at it. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the Clear and Open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then. Know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.